Welcome back to another edition of Play by Play, presented by our friends at The Advocate, Harrison Valentine, filling in for Chris Blair, joined by the illustrious Kent Lowe. Did I do that right? Uh, that's Did fair I do enough. That right? Yeah, that's okay. That's, uh, that's good. Well, it was a weekend full of wins on campus, from baseball to softball to history being made over at gymnastics. A lot to discuss. Where would you like to start? Well, we start with our number one ranked baseball team. Fine with me. A uh, little weekend sweep. Three straight run rules. Um, Paul Skeens did Paul Skeens things. Um, Thatcher Hurd won pitcher of the week. And Bear Jones wins freshman of the uh, of the week as well. Just uh, every weekend it seems like it's going to be something new at the box. Um, but my takeaway was this, this freshman class. I mean, this freshman class is unbelievable. You talk about Paxton Kling hitting the walk-off uh, three-run homer to end it on Sunday. Uh, Bear Jones hitting four straight home runs. I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, these are freshmen. Yeah. I called them the baby bombers of, L- of LSU <laughs> baseball, uh, which kind of pained me a little as a Mets fan to say that. But um, but this this team is, is, is rocking and rolling uh, so far. Well, I kidded uh, Ashley from our staff. You know, we have that score graphic with the inning by inning stuff, yeah. and all it is the last <laughs> X, X over to eighth. And I said, maybe we need to make a seven inning graphic for these games because a lot of these things are being run ruled. I'm not sure if yeah. Coach Jay is uh, excited about that, that he can't play some players the last couple of innings, but uh, Tigers are rolling off wins, and it's a great setup for uh this weekend they have a game tuesday night against uno and then go to a&m to open up sec play and uh things get ratcheted up just, just a little the appetizer, bit Kent. this is the appetizer yeah. sec play is really the have you made it to the box you made it out to the yes box yet? yes i i have and uh this team uh, is something fun to watch uh watched a lot more of the games on tv and you just never know where the runs are going to come from every yep. day. And they just put innings together that make you appreciate them even more. Timely hitting, strong pitching. It's a good combination to yeah. have. Oh, and by the way, Dylan Cruz, we haven't even mentioned yeah, his name yet. Right. Uh, just a, a embarrassment of riches over there at the box. Um <laughs> Cruise missiles have been flying. Have you have you been hearing the cruise missiles flying over the athletic administration I've heard building? that noise, and I figured <laughs> that had to be it. Uh. Um, so, yeah, baseball is off to a, a roll. I'm really excited about SEC play. Um, you go Texas A&M, Arkansas, Tennessee. Is that right? I believe that's right. So, I believe that's right. Um, no shortage of entertainment over at the box. On Friday night, I was watching the, the gym meet and was not expecting to see one of the crazier things that I've ever witnessed at a sporting event. Three tens in one meet. I mean, I tweeted uh, that night. I said, this has got to be one of the craziest things that I've witnessed at any LSU sporting event. Um, just unbelievable performance by, by Haley Bryant. Um, Jay Clark said in the post game that it was probably one of the most complete four event uh performances that he's ever seen and that really there's no athlete that he's more proud of than Haley Bryant what were what were some of your takeaways she's had an amazing year all she's year. had an amazing year I really think this team has had an amazing year the way that they have rebounded and other athletes have stepped up for uh, athletes who were injured 
and the scores that they've been able to post that have helped their qualifying score, I think it's just amazing. And they'll be the number two seed in the evening session Saturday night in Duluth uh, for the SEC championships, which you can see on the network. But my goodness, I mean, there was a point where you thought this is really teetering one way or the other because of all the injuries. And here they are moving forward every meet. Finnegan with the 10s, Brian with the 10s. Uh, you may remember when we had Ashley Nat on, yep. you know, and I asked her because I, I'm watching her reaction live a few times. Does she know when a routine is a 10? And you, you know, the way she described it is exactly what Haley Bryant's been doing here the last few meets. And uh, to do it three times on one evening, I think that was the fifth time that's ever happened, if I'm correct. Yeah, in so NCAA I, just pulled up the tweet. I just pulled up the tweet right now. Um, Haley Bryant joined Very Elite Company on Friday night. She became the fifth gymnast to have a three-plus perfect 10 in a meet. Uh, there's only been one, I believe, in 1996 uh, that had four in one meet, which is just you know an unthinkable uh, thing to do. Um, but she became the fifth gymnast to have three plus perfect tens That's impressive. in a meet, and, and they've really just been a billboard for you know perseverance all year. You, you talked about the injuries they've had to endure; they just keep coming back and they keep getting stronger. And it's just been it's been so fun to see. Well, if you watch the climb on LSU Gold, plug it. Plug thank the you. Climb. Thank yep. you very much. Thank you. Uh, send my check. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but if you watch the climb. You've seen how far this team has come. I mean, they are in a position now to challenge for national honors in the postseason. I mean, they have proven that there is a lot of depth here without some of their other stars. There's a lot of depth here and range to make a run here in the SECs and to make a run in the postseason with this group and i think that's maybe the most impressive part of the season so let's move on to, to softball a little bit another milestone being reached uh, milestones everywhere kent uh <laughs> 600th career win for coach beth Torino. so congrats to coach on, on that milestone softball's on a roll too I, I know they did they start the season unranked uh no I, they were ranked they were ranked, they were ranked. They yeah were yeah in the high 20s yeah probably low low to mid-teens probably gotcha. 15 17 i so, think Regardless, it feels like they've taken that personally yeah. because they are, they've been on a tear. Uh, I, I've, every time I've scrolled through Twitter, it's been softball wins, softball wins, hashtag in our element. Uh, what have been some of your takeaways on softball and, and their, their success that they've had so far? Well, I think that there was some roster management that really helped this team. And uh, some of these, they have ability and hitting ability all throughout the roster. We know about the top of the, the the lineup and all. Plus, the pitchers have done well. Like Friday night in the, uh, I'm sorry, Saturday night in the opener. Uh, the Sunday game was rained out, and they're playing two uh, on the day we're taping this at South Carolina. But f for, to, for that first game, 
to win nine to one, score all those runs early, you know, really put South Carolina through the ringer early on, making them make pitching changes to try to stop this uh, LSU attack. That was so impressive. And now they get to come home. They go to Southeastern Wednesday for a game. But then they come home Friday through Sunday. Got Tennessee here at Tiger Park. Big chance to show off in front of the home fans in conference play and really get themselves in a very good position early on in the league. Yep, well, 21-8. And one, yeah. uh, one and zero in conference. Um, they they beat like like you said they beat South Carolina nine to one on Saturday night. They'll play tonight uh, um, in game two because of the postponed game yesterday, and then uh, at home in Tiger Park yeah. against Tennessee. So um, we have uh, we, we have, we're going to talk some women's basketball as well. We have Shaida Williams, color analyst of uh, on the LC Sports Radio Network with Patrick Wright. Um, and I know you want to talk about track, too. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Indoor track championships yep. this past weekend. Uh, ended up with five All-Americans. Probably the highlight, uh, Faber Ophelia, uh silver medal in the 200 meters. And when you take the time, uh, I won't go through all the numbers, but when you take the time and adjust it for the altitude out in New Mexico and all, uh, a very representative and very strong time for her in the 200 uh they start the outdoor season right away they're in coral gables this weekend for the aptly named hurricane invitational uh, that miami's hosting but uh great finish there and with the start of the outdoor season uh, and i'm sure we'll talk about it on the podcast here as we move along that uh, lsu hosts the outdoor Southeastern Conference meet here uh, later this spring. So that'll be a big event to look forward to. And if you love track and field and you want to see some of the best athletes in the country, they're coming to Baton Rouge uh, this spring for the SECs. And there'll be ticket information and all that later on. But just kind of keep an eye out on your calendar. And speaking of tickets, the – Women's basketball uh, NCAA event that is Friday and Sunday here. The tickets are on sale. And Harrison, I understand they're going they're like going like, going cakes, like crazy. You got to get them while, while the getting's good. Um, but before we hand it off to our guest, Shaida, who's, who's nice enough to join us, uh, I was at Selection Sunday yesterday at the, at the Selection Show. Always a really fun day, Ken. Um, never, never taking that for granted. Uh, I know Coach Kim, she said in her post-game press conference that you know, the, the day that this this day gets old, she's retiring. So um, <laughs> That's for sure, you know. Uh, Tigers get a 3C. They're going to play Hawaii on Friday. Um, how Before we get with Shaida, how excited are you for, for this postseason? I think it's going to be great. I mean, first of all, the host is a big accomplishment, a big advantage, but you have to take advantage of it. You have to take advantage and then get to Greenville. But – you got to play it one game at a time. You can't be thinking ahead. You've got to win the first game against Hawaii. And, you know, they're going to be trying to prove that their conference is good and that they had a great season. And then you got Michigan and UNLV behind them. So hopefully we're going to have an exciting two days of basketball. For sure. 
All right. Well, we'll take a quick break and then return with Shaida Williams, color analyst on the LSU Sports Radio Network. Stick with us here on Play by Play, presented by our friends at The Advocate. All right. We're back on Play by Play, presented by our friends at The Advocate. And no hotter ticket in town right now than LSU women's basketball, who is set to host the first and second rounds of the NCAA tournament here in Baton Rouge at the PMAC. We've had Patrick Wright on play-by-play, uh, the voice of the Tigers. Now we get to discuss with his co-pilot on the LSU Sports Radio Network, Shaida Williams. Shaida, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here today. Now we get to find out all about Patrick. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Absolutely <No>. not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to sit next to him all the time. First of all, welcome, Shaida. This is always, no matter whether you're hosting, you're you're eagerly anticipating where the bracket's going to fall this is the most exciting time of the basketball year it definitely is when i tell you march madness is probably one of my favorite times of the year some people say christmas some thanksgiving for me march madness is so exciting i mean yeah i have to admit sunday even though the men aren't in march madness this year i sat there watching that selection show watching the reactions of the teams watching where teams were seated and wondering why why they were seated where they were. I mean, it's just an amazing 30, 40 minutes there when that field of 68 men and women right. are, are both revealed. And it, it's, a, it's a fun time for all those teams and just all the work that they put in to realize, okay, now we get the opportunity to play again. Everyone is 0-0. Zero, zero. And let's throw the ball up and let's play. And uh, it's exciting for me because I give up my husband and my son and we kind of do our <laughs> little family brackets and have some fun because we just love basketball and what a great time for us. What would you think of the LSU women and where they were put and uh, obviously hosting at home? But I, what did you think of the bracket when you saw it Sunday night? Well, I, I think hosting at home is, was something we expected. So it's always great to be able to play, you know, another game and hopefully two in front of your fans. Uh, but I thought, you know, after the Tennessee game and after that loss, I kind of debated between the two and the three seeds. So wasn't totally shocked by that three seed. It looks like, Harrison, that that four or that win by Tennessee over LSU got them into a host spot because I think a lot of people uh, that I talked to at Tennessee were thinking – they were going to be outside of hosting in the five spots. Yes. So they kind of got a little bump from that win, it looks like. So that win definitely helped them. And uh, like I said, maybe hurt us a little bit, but I actually like our draw. Yeah. I like that, you know, we'll be playing Hawaii and we'll see what happens with UNLV and Michigan. But I do like what we have. So, Shaggy, you've had a front row seat to what I think has been one of the most fun seasons that I can remember uh, at LSU. 28-2 uh, 20, and two overall, heading into the big dance. Um, what's it been like to kind of call these games the best regular season and tied for the best regular season in program history? What's it kind of been like to have a front row seat to, to all this? You know, when you have grown up like I have, playing the game and loving the game, I'm like, what a great opportunity to be able to talk about a game that I'm so passionate about. And also to be able to, you know, be a part of the practices and see the intensity of, of Coach Mulkey and what she expects of these players. So I've, I've loved their theme of piecing it together and I feel like that's what I've been able to witness and have a front row to this entire time 28 and 2 but seeing the team get better seeing different players step up and uh, and that's why we're here today to be in the NCAA tournament. April uh, Angel Reese first team All-American by the Athletic and it's going to be just hundreds of more of those All-American 
honors before it's over finalist for player of the year. I mean, it's just an amazing season that started out great and it just seemed to me kept getting better and better and she kept getting stronger and stronger as a player and I think maybe as a team leader by the time this thing rolled into midway of the SEC season. And that's one that's the first word that came to me uh, Kent was leader. I have seen her embrace the you know the pressure of carrying this team on her back and having the you know the help of Alexis Morris and some others but I've witnessed her on the court and again had the front seat to see her encourage her teammates and call them out and call them up to accountability to continue to work hard so what Angel Reese has done at LSU and what she'll continue to do is amazing not just on the offensive end but on the defensive end as well. When you have a when you have a tournament like the women's is because of the way the SEC tournament is, and you have this long break, um, and obviously you had many years at Duke, many years at Texas, many years here, so different coaching styles and all along the way. But how do, what's is there a best way to handle this layoff to keep your team? sharp for when it finally gets to play again and you know it does seem like it's been a long break and you know if you've had injuries and if there's some things I think it's a a great time for the team to recover and to get mentally strong but coach Mulkey is you know she's done this for years and years so there's some strategy behind it where you can really go at them and push them and make them work hard and help them realize hey in a couple weeks this is what we're what we have before us so you know not knowing who your opponents are then gets you back to that point of competing against each other and I think that's the greatest competition is in practice every day to push each other to get better. So I'm scrolling on Twitter right now and I just saw that Angel Reese and Falaje Johnson on the cover of Slam Magazine so wow so that's that's awesome. I knew they Um, came here earlier this year and Talk about Flage for a second. Freshman of the year, uh, mature beyond her years. Does does the music game and, and the basketball game? What's it been like to watch her and her progressions in, in her first year at LSU? The word for Flage, I would say, is special. There is something so special about this young lady, uh, not just as a basketball player, but as a person. I've I've watched her with fans. I've watched her with her family. I've heard her talk about, you know, just growing up without her father and how his. His music inspired her music. Uh, to watch her on America's Got Talent and just how she handles herself is uh, the word special. She's a special kid. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And I was when Joe was on our uh, show uh, last week, uh, Joe Schwartz, uh, I, we talked about, and I talked about how, you know, I've seen over my years here, lots of players get preseason hype. Yes even before they arrive. Uh, And sometimes they don't live up to that, or sometimes you wonder about it. But, I mean, the hype for Flaget, once you see her on the court, it's like, oh, my God, this is real. This is not, you know. I mean, you saw the CBS and ABC stuff this summer. But once you see her play, it's like, my God, she's really, really good. She's a really good basketball player. And I think some people, you know, my, my son knew Flaugé before I did because of the rap game. But to see her on the court and see her as a basketball player and to see her improve over her freshman year, like she became a better basketball player this year. So, you know, the, the sky's the limit for what Flaugé can do on the court. How would you talk about 
just the the state of women's basketball right now. I feel like it's just in a really healthy spot. You you look at sold out arenas at the PMAC. I went to South Carolina. Did you go to South Carolina? I did. Unbelievable yes. atmosphere. Um, it feels like I, I scroll on Twitter all the time. It's women's basketball, ESPN, this. What, what's the climate like right now for women's basketball and how much of it is on the rise right now? It's on the rise and it's exciting for, for young girls. You know, that, that's a lot of our fan base is that these families can now bring their young girls into the PMAC and realize, wow, there are people that are real like an Angel Reese and a Flage that can inspire them to play. And what women's basketball has, has done to continue to promote to get more airtime uh, the the parity now is great. You know, one time it was, you know, the, the top four teams, you kind of expected those teams to be there. So to see other teams stepping in, to see the Angel Reese's, to see the Caitlin's, to see, you know, these great players across the country doing what they're doing is so exciting. Kim talked about the importance of uh, hosting in her press conference last night. Uh, feels like Friday LSU is going to have a, a really large home court advantage. Would you say that? I think there's no doubt about it. No doubt it. about yeah. it. Yeah. No doubt about it. What the what the fan base has looked like over the, you know, the past couple of years, to know that we get to host at home is kind of the icing on the cake. And it is exciting for Louisiana to have three teams, three women teams yeah. in the NCAA tournament, but we're the only team that's hosting. So just to be able to stay home and play in front of our fans is so fun. Yeah, congrats to our friends across town at yes. Southern for winning uh, the SWAC title. Yes, so for uh, Southern and, and Southeastern have, you know. And Southeastern, just, right. Yeah, just Good so proud them. of what they've done. Two regional sites this year. Mm-hmm. Greenville, hopefully they fix the roof, and <laughs> Seattle. But I'm sure the NCA just loved that when that happened in the SEC. Yeah, was, was having like, yeah, having survived the tornado at the SEC <laughs> men's tournament a long time ago, yes. but these things happen sometimes. But it is interesting to play two sets of Sweet 16s and Elite Eight at the same site. I'm a little concerned looking at future years that a lot of them are all east coast west far west coast and not any midwestern sites which i thought was a little strange but it would seem to me the atmosphere for two sweet 16 nights in the same venue is going to be really huge it's going to be really really huge and uh I got our preference because I was like, please let us get to Greenville and not <laughs> and not Seattle. But I too am trying to imagine what is Greenville going to look like with that number of teams yeah. in town uh, with the excitement. And, you know, we were there for the SEC tournament, and what a great town! And they did a great job hosting. But now, as we look for the regional, you know, what is that going to look like? Of course, you would know, having played at Duke, having coached at Duke. Coached under Texas, both under Gail Gaston course, coached here. But when you were a player and now, how much has this game changed? Oh, it has changed so much. The uh, The level of the game has elevated. Um, but I also will always say I remember the foundation. You know, when I went to Duke under Gail, we were last in the ACC my freshman year. But the expectation and how hard we worked to get to the Elite Eight by my senior year let me know that, you know, it's time for us to, to build something and to do great things. It was Charlotte Smith who hit the big shot, yep. you know, UNC. So I can remember a lot of those games. Dawn Staley got to watch her play at UVA. So I think the foundation, and I hope that's something that we can always remind our young ladies, of the foundation that was built by, by players and now what they have with NIL, with the TV uh, coverage, with so much more – that is just really showing that women can play. 
Well, I mean, you you think of that time when when you finished up, and then jo- when you joined the coaching staff at Duke under under Gale. Uh, Duke was one of those programs you just automatically said they're going to be right at the top. You know, I mean, they are were just of the elite. Yes. At that point, under Gail Gestenkors, and uh, by the way, she graduated with a degree in mathematics, so I can't get near her and Patrick. <laughs> too much because when I was doing softball all those years with Patrick, I'd start throwing out numbers and Patrick would just out of the blue throw out percentages and I'm like, yeah, you and me both. how, why, how do you do it, that? That's always, why I went yes. into journalism. Being <laughs> able to calculate and come up with those numbers right off has been fun to uh, work with Patrick. But, you know, like I said, the days of going from Duke, but then being able to coach an Elena Beard yeah, and a Lindsey Harding and Allison Bells and just some of those great players who took it to a different level. And that's our desire is that this game can continue to, to elevate and just stand on the shoulders of those that have played it before. Well, it, it is Women's History Month, and I mean, I think it's fair to point out that the women's game now uses March Madness yes. and the terms that the men's tournament does, which it didn't, wasn't, I don't know, wasn't able to, wasn't allowed to, whatever the terminology is. But I mean, I think there's something very special now about the women's Final Four that is the same as the men's Final Four. Uh, I think playing in Dallas this year and the men's playing in Houston, there's going to be a synergy kind of between those two events at the same time and playing on uh, an over-the-air network this year, the national championship on ABC, which is just a huge step for the game. It's so big for the game. And, uh, you know, I was just thinking about my son. Like, he gets just as excited for the women's final for and for the for March Madness for yeah. women as he does for men. And so I think that is also showing just where the game has gone where it's not just the little girls that play, but it's the it's the families, it's the students, it's it's men, fans, it's fans. Yeah. It's, if you love this game, then you will watch the women play. Yeah, that's a, that's exactly it, Harrison. And uh I think, you know, that you were right that uh this is going to be quite a show this weekend here in Baton Rouge. Yeah, Kim talked about one of the things she talked about in her in her press conference yesterday was about tempering expectations. This is year two uh, for both the fans and the media. My question to you would be is, how would you categorize how fast this train is moving uh, in year two, and and what's it been like to kind of see the progression of this program in such a in such a short period of time? In the train, I mean, it, it, it took <laughs> off fast and it is still moving fast. Yeah. Um, but I understand what Coach Mulkey is saying. You know. It's, Sometimes you you do get moving fast, and you want to make sure that you can keep that train also on the tracks and under control. Uh, But what she has done in the recruiting process, in in getting these players to understand what it takes, and I think that's what I've noticed more than anything, is just her standards and her expectations. And she never lowers it. So if, if if you can't get up to the bar, you better take a few steps back and figure it out and understand how to get over it. So I think because of the expectation of Coach Mulkey, and her staff, this train has, you know, started moving pretty fast. Um, and I think she's just trying to be fair to to her athletes in that let's take it one game at a time and let's not put so much pressure on them to turn this thing around super-duper fast that, you know, you put too much pressure on them. As an, a coach in your coaching days, mm-hmm. talk to me about this week as far as you've got one game coming up on Friday – 
You have a potential game coming up on Sunday. As a staff, are you even thinking at all about Sunday's game as far as maybe someone preparing scouting and things like that going into this first game, or is it just strictly worrying about your first opponent? Well, I think to the players, and you know, for the players, we're focused on Hawaii. We're going to focus on understanding that we're only guaranteed one game. So let's take care of that game. But Coach Mulkey has made a great hire in Bob Starkey. So if I know Coach Starkey <laughs> and if I know Coach Mulkey, they are studying Michigan. They're studying, you know, UNLV. They're looking at these teams preparing. Because from Friday to Sunday, then is a quick turnaround. Yeah to get your, your players prepared again. So the coaches ha- always have to be ahead of their game and making sure that they're prepared. But if I'm talking to the team, I'm saying, you know what, we got to focus right now on this one game. And not just on the full game, but on one possession at a time and doing what needs to be done physically, mentally, emotionally to take care of the game against Hawaii. Shaida Williams, our guest, the analyst for the LSU Sports Radio Network and does so many other things up on the administrative level of the athletic department. Uh, We could spend a whole podcast talking about all the things she does up there. What are your worries, concerns that LSU has to avoid this weekend to get through to Greenville by the time Sunday night rolls around? I think the biggest focus is uh, just staying in the moment. I'm a believer that if you're going to be somewhere, be all there. So let's be all here in Baton Rouge, in the PMAC, one game at a time. And when Greenville happens, it happens. But we have to make sure that we're, we're here first. You've talked about that on some broadcasts mm-hmm. I remember listening to about the team needed to, to stay focused yes. in the, that moment of the game. And I think that's a, that's a very good point and kind of let the game come to let you come. at that point. Yeah. And they, they put in the work and they put in the, the sweat and tears. And I think when you've done that, then you can step on the floor with confidence. And then you can also step off knowing that, I've done everything that I can. When they played Georgia in the SEC tournament, they had Angel on, they had Flage on, they had Alexis Morris on, Ladeja was in double figures. That is a scary team when everyone is on like that. Uh, you know, Jasmine Carson is an X factor with, with her three-point shooting. When they have it all moving in the same direction, it is, it is definitely a, a scary product. You know, I think one thing that, uh, you know, I think is interesting, the possibility of playing another Big Ten team in the second round. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to discount UNLV because I've looked at a little of their stuff this morning, and they look – that looks like that could be one heck of a 5-12 game there. I think it could be. Again, I think we got to focus on Hawaii. But also I'm looking at it, I'm like – I'll be there at 2 o'clock to make sure I watch that mm-hmm. game yeah. because I don't know who – I'm not saying that Michigan can just run away with that. I, I think it's going to be a great game. And, again, all these teams are coming in expecting to win and expecting to give their best. So we've got to stay focused on ours and just be prepared for round two when it comes. I think I said 5-12. It's really a 6-11 game. But still, yes. that's still a, a very strong matchup uh, for this one. Uh, you excited about it? I'm so ready excited. to go. So uh, excited, and again, just the, you know, the blessing and the opportunity to be able to call such a such a great game, and and to be around such great coaches and great players, and our fans have been amazing. So it's pretty exciting. Well, I, I know you do a great job. You and Patrick are a great team together, and uh, I think it's been fun to listen for the 
Winford and y'all have been together and look forward to hearing you again uh, this weekend a yeah. couple of times. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Appreciate it. For Harrison Valentine, for Shaida Williams, for Kent Lowe, that'll do for this edition of Play by Play, presented by The Advocate. So long and go Tigers. Ha, 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 ha.